This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. And be in God's favor, but not in His grace because of our deeds and actions. And just like with Esther, in Esther 2 and 17, it says, And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. So she had both his grace and his favor. But um, while she was queen... And they were going through all that where Haman was trying to get the, the, um, the Jews killed. She never asked for the king's grace. Every time she went before him, she asked for his favor. But she already had his grace. And then uh, as with Noah in Genesis 6 and 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was righteous enough to find grace in God's sight and not just favor. And then in Ephesians 2 and 8, it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God. We're not saved by God's favor. We're saved through his grace. And with that, we have to work for it. It's free, but we have to work for it. Because... You know, we're not just saved because we say we're saved. We have to follow God's word and live the life that he has set before us. And it's just like in Exodus 2 and 21, it says, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, Egyptians, and it will come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. They had favor. The children of Israel found favor in the sight of the Egyptians where they let them go, but they didn't find grace because as it goes on, they pursued after them to try to kill them because they didn't have their grace. They just had their favor. So they liked them enough to let them go for a short period of time, but they didn't love them to let them go all the way. So that's the difference that I found was, to me, favor, God's favor is where he likes you, but his grace is where he fully loves you, which he loves us at all times, but you know, it's just like at times with 
family members and stuff like that, you like them enough toward to where you claim them as family. But if you love them, people know without a shadow of doubt they're your family. So that's I just want to be I want to be in God's favor at all times, but above all, I want to be in God's grace. I'm just going to watch the clock. I'm not going to set a timer. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to start out with reading from Luke 19. And uh, I think Jacob has it back there. We're going to start out with Luke 19, 12. Got it? There we go. All right. It says, he said, therefore, being Jesus, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. It's a very common story, but a lot of us have heard this quite often. And he called his ten servants, and he delivered them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him, and he sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man reign over us. The people that this lord, this king, went to go help didn't want him. That right there says a lot, but... That's not, that's not what I'm going to talk on today. That'll be, that'll be for another day. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom that didn't want him initially, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up what thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury? And he said unto him that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds." And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. What much is given, when much is given, much is required. That's, that's what most of us take from this, from this story. And it's, that's, very, that's very profound. But I have, a, I have a little story that I found that I'm going to read to you. There once was a man born far away from the home of his ancestors. He believed all the scriptures that had been passed down from generation to generation. He followed most of the laws and commandments of his religion. He made himself a small trading empire that stretched through most of the known world. One day, during his daily prayer time, 
He felt God pull him towards making a trip to visit the holy city of his religion. If he was to leave soon, he'd make it to the city just in time for a large annual religious feast and celebration. So he sold all that he had in his warehouses and placed holds on all his pending business transactions. He didn't want any business distractions while he was on this trip for God. After arriving, when he arrived to the holy city, he saw many people running towards the governor's palace. Curious, he followed the crowd to see what could be causing such a commotion. And as he neared the palace, he began hearing people shouting things such as, Kill him, and he is no son of God. He began to push his way to the center of the crowd to see at whom they might be shouting. This was supposed to be a happy time in the city, a time of fellowship, a time of celebration. Hearing these things greatly confused him. And once he got to the front of the crowd, he was stopped from stepping into the, into the path by a soldier. It was then that he noticed a man covered in whiplashes and his own blood, struggling to carry an eight-foot-long wooden pole with a six-foot-long pole lashed together to form a cross. Once this prisoner made it in front of the merchant, he collapsed under the weight of the cross. This merchant, a man named Simon from the city of Cyrene, who had sold all that he had, stepped from the crowd, picked up the cross, and followed the prisoner Jesus as they marched up the path. And my question tonight with this, with this short message is what won't you sell? What won't you sell? So we've heard the story of the young ruler often. Young man walks up to Jesus and he says, Lord, what do I need to do to get eternal life? All smugging himself. I own all the, all the cattle on this hill. And Jesus looks at him and says, follow God's commandments. Smug as ever, this, this young ruler, young rich man says, but I've already done that. I've been doing it since I was that big. What else do I lack? Does that mean I get eternal life? And throw that scripture up there for me. Matthew 19. Jesus responds very, very simply. If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, that thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And this young man, this young ruler, stops and gets all sad. And the Bible says he walked away sad because he had much. It wasn't that he couldn't sell what he had. It wasn't that, he, that, that it, he was gonna, it was going to be a struggle for him. It was simply that he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't sell those things. And because of that, that made him sad. What Jesus just told him made him sad because that's the one thing I won't do. I'll never do that. Can't do that. There is something special when God looks on each one of us and he starts looking into our lives to see what it is that we have. And when we are willing to sell out fully to God. That's something special that he sees in us. When he calls each one of us, and the Bible says many are called, few are chosen. But we're all called for a specific purpose. It's up to us to sell out fully in order to be able to receive that calling. Because when we're holding on with that death grip so tight on that one thing that we won't sell, 
And our knuckles are, our knuckles are turning white, and we just, we're, no, no, I don't want to do that. We can't, with our open hands, we don't have the open hands to be able to receive what God is calling, what God is offering us. What won't you sell? So that story that I read to you, it's about a man named Simon of Cyrene. In the Bible, he's only actually mentioned two times by name. But Cyrene was a very large merchant capital in Africa. It was right around a little horn just past Egypt, and everybody who had any kind of shipment go through that area would always stop there. So this man, Simon of Cyrene, was, had to have been a merchant. He was a merchant who earned his money through trading, selling, buying. And at that time, there wasn't really that good of security. And most of the time in that area, what you were selling were perishable goods, things that would go bad over time. So when he felt the pull to go to Jerusalem for the Passover, he had to have sold everything and walked away with whatever money he had and known, when I come back, I'll get back to business. I'll, I'll go back to doing my buying and selling, my trading that I was doing. But until then, no distractions. I don't want to have to worry about a ship. I don't want to have to worry about my warehouse getting broken into. Nothing. No distractions. We're going to go follow God's commandment. I'm going to go and enjoy God in his city, in his kingdom, fully. So when he got to Jerusalem, and after however long it was he was there, and he sees this crowd forming up and shouting and cursing and crying out for Jesus' head, for him to be crucified. And the first thing he does is get up to the front of the line to look. And then when Jesus falls down and, and the cross is too heavy for him to bear, he steps out of that crowd, picks that thing up, and starts walking with it. What better example do we need? What better example do we need? That man who sold everything that he had in order to be there. And while he may not be mentioned again, those who, are, those who know Acts 2 and the first part of it, right after, right after the Holy Ghost falls, and they're all outside of the, outside of the open room, or the, the, the upper room. One of the countries that's mentioned is Cyrene. This man and all of the people that he brought with him didn't just stick around for the Passover. They stuck around for the truest blessing that God could have given, and that was the gift of the Holy Ghost. He sold everything he had just thinking he was going to go and enjoy God's company, but God had another plan. It wasn't just going to be able to enjoy God's company for a time. This was going to be for life. This was going to be for eternity. This is that eternal life that that young rich ruler was talking about, asking about, and then getting all sad and losing his smugness when he realized that he didn't want to sell out. What won't you sell? In closing, I'm going to read some script, uh, three scriptures out of Matthew. It's going to be Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. And said, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. How prophetic could that possibly, how, 
it couldn't be any more prophetic. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? If he won't sell out, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? We don't have the ability to buy our own souls. Jesus already did that for us. Now it's up to us to pay him back by selling out completely. So what is it that you won't sell? Each one of us have that. There's something in our lives that we're just, we've got a death grip on. Our knuckles are white, and whenever God comes and he blows through this place and we can feel his sweet spirit, we're praying and we're asking for forgiveness, we're repenting, we're talking to God, we're having a heart-to-heart, but in the back of our minds, we've got this thing that we're holding back here. Uh, I'm not giving this up. I'll pray about everything else, but I'm not giving this up. What is that in your life? Because that death grip holds nothing but death. It is the eternal life that God is trying to give each one of us, that we are striving for, that we have been called to go for. So the question is, what won't you sell? Not what haven't you sold? Because there's a big difference. What haven't you sold means that you're about to or you're planning on doing it. But there's something in each one of our lives that we have absolutely no intention on giving up. It may be an addiction. It may be, it may be finances. It may be our time. It may be what our desires. Those are, those are easy. Those are easy to pinpoint. The difficult ones aren't those. It's our thoughts. It's what we want in our future. The plans that we have, those are the tough ones to give up. Each one of us, especially the youth that are here, you guys have, we have plans. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna go to college, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna become, I don't know, a doctor. My plan when I grew up, when I was growing up, I remember, I remember when I was seven years old, the first thing that I said I wanted to be was a doctor. I'm not a doctor. It's not, not for lack of trying. But God has, God has made it very clear in my life that that's just simply not my calling. And it's up to me, and it's up to every one of y'all to accept that. To accept that, that swift kick in the rear every now and then whenever you're, whenever you're just, you're like, no, God, I'm, I'm going to do this. I don't care what you say. When you do that, you're going you're gonna to wind up with a nice swift kick in the rear. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to sting. It's going to hurt. And then you're going to look around and you're going to say, why? I didn't do anything wrong. You didn't sell. You wouldn't sell. That, that one word, won't, wouldn't, that one word changes so much in our lives. At HYC, we had, a, we had one of the ministers say that there are two words that God is always going to try in our lives. If you ever say, I'll never, he's going to come right into your life and say, really? Or if you say, it's always been, then God's going to say, "Mm, doesn't have to be. In fact, I won't let it be. 
So when you use those, those words, never and always in your life, that is exactly what you won't sell. And it's up to us to dive into our hearts to be able to recognize that. I can't pinpoint it. It's not my life. Ellie, you can't tell what your brother, you, you can't tell what your brother won't sell. It's not your life. But you can tell what you won't sell. You can tell what you won't sell. Each one of us can. So let's all stand for praying on this. It's, it, it's, I know this is Wednesday. I know that, that typically Bible study isn't quite nearly as, as much of a challenge on this one. But like what Brother Mike, wherever he is, there he is. I can't believe I couldn't, couldn't see him. Tallest man in the, in the room. It's like what Brother Mike was saying during pre-service prayer. God will challenge us even on a Wednesday. And this message is something that I've had on my heart since HYC. It's something important that I think that every single one of us, not just the youth, needs to, needs to really grasp. What is it that you won't sell? And that, why won't you sell it? Because God is offering so much more than what it is that you've got that death grip on. So let's all, let's all raise our hands in prayer. Let's pray that God will open our eyes and open our hearts. That he will show us what it is that we haven't sold to him. That we won't sell to him. That way we can give that to him. Completely sell out. Completely give it all to God. That way he can move into our lives. That, he, that way he can take control of the situations that we have in our hearts and our lives and move on him the way that he wants to. Because when we won't sell, we are not giving him the ability to go into our lives. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.